0: Welcome to the teen life coach podcast. I'm your host, Sammy. And today we are talking about teen suicide with Monique Hebert. Hi, you guys. Welcome to the podcast this week. I have a special guest today. I actually saw her in a documentary that I was watching about suicide. And so I wanted to have her on the podcast today to talk to you guys about her experience with teen suicide and how she's been a survivor of teen suicide and her own unique experience with the challenges of navigating mental health as a teen. And our teen suicide rates are increasing drastically right now. So Monique, I know that's a long introduction. (laughs) Welcome to the podcast. I'm so happy you're here. And why don't you just go ahead and introduce yourself and you can tell the listeners what you want them to know about you?
1: Well, thank you, Sammy. I'm really happy to be here today on this podcast. My name is Monique and I currently live in Washington, but I grew up in Cleveland, Ohio. Uh, I'm currently a grad student at Arizona State University. I'm also a writer and educator and a mental health advocate. And I think my mental health advocacy comes from the struggles I've had with my own mental health, especially as a teen and young adult in college. I struggled a lot with anxiety and depression, which is what I talk about, in um, my suicide attempt in college in the tell by story documentary um, with Jason Reed. So yeah, I'm just really happy to be here today to be able to talk to teens about maybe recognizing some of the symptoms of mental health and the struggles that they have.
0: When you say you're a mental health advocate, you go around and you speak to students about mental health, correct? Yes. Okay. And so do you travel around? Like, what is what does that look like being a mental health advocate?
1: Yeah, so I've been basically going around the Seattle areas and I've talked at middle schools, high schools. Um, a different kind of church events, like youth groups and things like that. And I work with the National Alliance for Mental Illness. And so in those presentations, we would talk about some of the symptoms of mental health conditions and things to look out for and also give them some resources and places they could go to reach out for help. And I really was thankful to be able to be a part of that organization to be able to help teens and kind of talk about mental health, because that's not something that I ever grew up talking about. So I feel really privileged to be able to start that conversation, because that's not something that I in my schools or in my groups was ever really talked about.
0: Right. And so and you mentioned you grew up in a black Christian community. Okay, so how did that affect the discussion around mental health in your in your upbringing?
1: Yeah, it definitely affected it because it just was non existent. I think um, with my black family, it kind of just felt like, you know, we kind of keep our issues at home. Like we're not going to go out and talk to anybody else about struggles that we're having. We're not going to go out and talk to a therapist or a counselor. And then the religious side of it as well was very much like, you know, we just kind of pray it away and, 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 you know, things will work out fine. And I was really taught about, you know, health education and those two spaces. And so It's been my goal as an adult to be able to speak to both the Black community and the Christian community about why mental health is so important and these conversations need to start happening with teens specifically.
0: Yeah, I 100% agree. I really want to hear a little bit about your story. So how, how did you know that something was off and maybe what are the symptoms that you were experiencing or what are the symptoms like a teen may be having that might be having a mental illness or a mental struggle?
1: So I started experiencing symptoms in high school as as early back as I can remember, even I'm sure they were probably there before then as well. And I would get really intense panic attacks at school. And for a while, I kind of just thought, like, this is normal. Maybe other people are experiencing this, even though they weren't. So I, I had a lot of the physical sensation. So when, you know, the bell would ring and we would all be rushed out to the hallways and high schools to switch classes, I would start sweating like I was running a marathon and I was just walking around. Like, I felt like my heart was racing. Sometimes it felt like I couldn't breathe. My hands were shaking. I had all this anxiety around me. Being around such a large group of students and having this pressure to get to class on time, um, I also struggled in class because I always was worried that everybody was always looking at me or always talking about me, and it was a, a very high level of paranoia that was going on. And and then I experienced it in the cafeteria at, at lunch as well. It made me really nervous to eat my lunch because in my mind, my social anxiety was telling me that everybody was looking at me and was going to be making fun of the way that I was eating. So I made it through high school, not really talking about these things, but really struggling and really feeling overwhelmed during the day. But I didn't really know what the word anxiety meant. So I kind of thought, oh, I just feel kind of like jittery or just kind of strange. Like I didn't know what anxiety actually meant. And from there, I went to college. And that's when I started having the depression feelings on top of that. It was my first time being away from home. And I thought it was just homesickness. So I told a lot of people, oh, I just, you know, miss my family. I miss. Ohio, like it's, it's not that big of a deal, but I lost joy in things that I love to do, like writing and in school. I really did love school before then, but my first semester in college, I didn't want to go to class. I didn't want to do my homework. I found myself oversleeping or not sleeping at all. I struggled with once again, eating in the cafeteria. So I ended up losing a lot of weight and it kind of came to a head. When I started thinking about suicide and putting a plan of action in in place to take my own life. Um, And thankfully, I didn't go forward with that. But from there, I started to realize, hey, something is seriously going on. I've never felt like this before. And maybe it's time to like actually reach out for help.
0: I just want to (laughs) remind the listeners right now. That if they've ever felt like the physical sensations that you're kind of describing or talking about, just since I've experienced them myself a lot in my life, I just want to remind them that it feels horrible. (laughs) Okay. Like I, whenever I. It does. Yes, it does feel horrible. And imagine like that feeling with you all the time. It just kind of makes you sick a little bit and I don't know the physical sensations of anxiety and depression I feel like they're tough to handle and um alone with the physical sensations you just do not feel good yeah so you obviously were not feeling good all right and so you were like okay something's not right let me reach out for help so then then what happened
1: so I transferred colleges from Michigan and went back home to Ohio And on the new college that I was at, I went to their counseling center for the first time. And that's the first time I ever went to a counselor and started getting help for my mental health condition. And it was really scary thinking about, oh, I'm going to talk to the stranger. And I thought, well, I I won't have a lot to say. Like, I don't think I'm a super talkative person. And it's going to be really a weird experience. But I went and it was so positive. And I found myself opening up to this person and being able to talk about some of the anxiety and the depression and all the struggles that I had faced. And that's when I was first diagnosed. And then from there, I went back and and talked to my family, my immediate family about it. And that was also really nerve wracking because I was really worried about what my family was going to think. Were they going to look at me differently? Were they going to judge me? And I, once again, got really lucky. My mom was really supportive and wanted to find ways to help me and wanted to educate herself also on what anxiety and depression look like and the best way to kind of help her daughter so I when I go around to talk to kids at schools I always tell them like it's super scary telling your parents like it's one of the scariest feelings in the world but starting that conversation it might go so much better than you imagine that it would and your mental health is way too important to just kind of let it go and not have those kind of conversations and we also talk about some different ways that they can approach talking to parents about it. So so yeah, I always advocate for how important that is to speak up.
0: Yeah. And and the other thing is is that mental illness is so treatable. Suicide is yes. really, is really preventable. Is that the word I'm trying preventable? Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Okay. So it, it really is preventable and depression is treatable. And so it's almost like if you go to your mom and you have like a sliver in your finger and you're like, mom, I need you to get the sliver out. Okay. And and your mom or your caregiver is like, okay, let's get this liver out. I mean, that's kind of how it is with your brain. Like sometimes your brain isn't working correctly and you need to be treated or your brain needs to be treated and there's nothing wrong.
1: Yeah. I think that's so important to say. I'm glad you said that because there's so much shame around going and reaching out and getting help and talking to other people about it. I know, like I kind of, I said, within the black community and within the Christian community, I felt like there was that's going to be a shame or so much judgment put on me for speaking about. It. So I think there's a lot of shame around mental health conditions and talking about it. I know that was one of the big reasons why I didn't want to reach out for help, because I thought that, you know, my church community and, and my family and my friends and everybody would, you know, I would have so much judgment and that I, and they would look at me different. And so I really feared that that wasn't going to go well for me. And, and like I had said, before, I was really thankful that it did go well. But I think that shame around mental health is what keeps a lot of teenagers from talking about it.
0: What can we do as a society to help teens get the help that they need, but also what can teens do to get the help they need?
1: I think as a society, just talking about mental health, like the fact that we're here today talking about it, I think goes such a long way because it's helping normalize it for teens like listening to adults just talk about their own mental health and their own struggles. And I think for teenagers, it's so important to talk to a trusted adult. And even if that's not necessarily your mom or your dad, there's so many other trusted adults in life. You know, there's teachers, guidance counselors, you know, church members, aunts and uncles, older siblings, things like that. Those kind of people that you can go to to kind of start that conversation. And we always tell people, the kids at the school, to make sure that you identify who those trusted adults are in your life. And then when it comes to having that conversation with them, I found that I, as a writer, it's sometimes a lot easier for me to write what I'm feeling than say it out loud. And so I always urge the teens, if you're the same way, like you can write down what you're feeling and write down some of your struggles, you know, that's a great way to do it, to be able to give it to a trusted adult to start that conversation. We've also talked about taking a friend with you and, and, like having that kind of support system around you when you're going to talk to an adult about what's going on around you, or what's going on with you. I think those things can be really helpful. There's also a lot of resources, which is, you know, great to have online. There's like a suicide hotline, which you can call in anytime. There's a teen link line where you can text in. And that's really great because you don't even have to like get on the phone and like, you know, speak something out with your voice and there's a lot of other different resources online that teens can turn to in crisis as well.
0: Okay, awesome. So I will put all of those in the show notes for whoever wants to look at them or whoever needs them or for you guys to just share them with the people in your lives. Like I feel like everybody needs to know this information. But also, you know, when when somebody does come to us, and says, Hey, you know, I'm not feeling so good. I think I'm depressed. I think I have anxiety. What's the best way to react to that? Because I just feel like that is going to happen to all of us in our lives. And I feel like we should, we should be prepared to be able to handle that. I don't know if there's a right way to handle it because it's, it's such a tricky situation, but what is the best way to handle it? Do you think?
1: I think one of the best things you can first do is just reassure that person that you're there for them and that you are listening to them. Because I think being listen like listening and letting them know like I'm a safe person for you to talk to goes such a long way. And then if you have access to resources, you know resources to give them, that's great too. But I think for teenagers talking to other teenagers, just being making them feel like they're believed and that you're there for them. is really important because it helps them feel like, Hey, I can talk to this person and I'm not being judged for the, for this or being made fun of. And I think that is, is an important first step. So I would say just come to them with empathy and understanding, even if that's not something you've experienced yet. I think that helps. I think that really helps.
0: I think the hardest thing is feeling like you're going to be judged or feeling like something's wrong with you. Or, you know, that you're different in any way. And as a teen, like, you do not want to be different (laughs) in any way. But just understanding that really, you know, this is a part of life. This is a part of being human. Our brains are a huge part of our body. And not always do they work just perfectly the way that they're designed. Actually, they don't work perfectly, probably ever. Right. (laughs) Uh, But just to be aware that, you know, this is is a real thing and it's important that if you're having like any of the symptoms that you kind of mentioned to reach out and get help. And just from my own experience, kind of like what I was saying before is when you are experiencing those physical symptoms, like nonstop, like it's not like the anxiety Mm -hmm. and depression just like goes away. They're with you all the time. And so it just gets really, really, um, hopeless almost. I feel like when you're constantly feeling, yeah. feeling, horrible. And so if you, if you are kind of to that point where you're feeling hopeless, just because you don't think that you're ever going to feel any different, it really is important to, you know, like you said, reach out to a trusted friend or reach out to a trusted adult. Because when, <laughs> when I felt hopeless, I just know that it's, it really is deep and it's dark and it. It's it hard to see that there could ever be an answer or a way out of it.
1: Yes. And I think a lot of people also feel like they're a burden. Yeah. And so they don't want to reach out because they don't want to burden other people. But, you know, you're not a burden and your life matters. And so it's so important that you talk and you express how you're feeling.
0: I know it is it takes courage and it takes bravery to, you know, kind of reach out and be like, Okay, I'm in this, or just even accept, okay, like I am in this dark place. All right, now, now what do I need to do?
1: I think I just want to share that there's so many people experiencing mental health conditions. I think the National Mental Health Institute gave a statistic that like one in five young adults will experience or have already experienced symptoms of mental health conditions. And so it's so common, and I just wish that people started talking about it more, and there was a lot more empathy for people who were struggling, because so many people are, and if you are one of those people who are struggling, know that you're not alone, because I think I felt very alone in my teenage years and young adult years with anxiety and depression and, and not knowing that anybody else was struggling as well, so just telling them that they're not alone, I think is something I really want to um, stress to, yeah. to the audience.
0: Well, and also the other part is, is like, people are not going to understand. I almost feel like unless you had a mental illness or you've been through something like
1: that, it's very,
0: very hard to understand like what anxiety feels like and what depression feels like. And it's okay Mm -hmm. if people don't understand. It's okay if they don't know the best way to help you. I can just say that You can tell them, you can teach them, you can tell them what you need. You can show them, you know, um, educate them. And so they don't have to understand. They don't have to know what they're doing, but you can really advocate for yourself and be like, okay, this is what I need. I need you to help me, you know, get in to see a doctor. I need you to help me find a really good therapist, you know? So I just think it's important to advocate for yourself a little bit because people
1: aren't
0: going to know what you need. As you go along, you'll figure out what you need, and you know that's ultimately the goal in life is to really learn how to take care of your own brain.
1: Yes, so true. I 100 agree, and I think also as you go out of teenagehood into adulthood, you do have to learn how to advocate for yourself and make sure that your needs are getting met. And self-care is a big part of that as well. And finding out what works for you and, and ways to do that and implement that to your life is really essential.
0: And kind of like I always describe to my teams that I work with, like, it's your responsibility to be your own detective. Like, you need to figure it out is. what is it that's causing you these feelings? What is it that's leading to the results that you're getting in your life? And really kind of na- learning to navigate that on your own, which is Oh my gosh, it's so hard to do. I <laughs> it is. It's very hard. It is very, it is very, very hard. So I think that's the, I don't know, one of the biggest takeaways I think I'm going to take away from you today is that get help, like don't do it alone. All right, any, any other like quick takeaways that you want to say?
1: Um, no, I, I really liked what you said about advocating for yourself. I think that is so important to teach teens because that's something that you're going to have to do your whole life. So starting that early is really, really good.
0: That's something that I've had to learn in my later years.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I'm
0: still learning it. But, (laughs) you know, if our teens can learn it earlier than I did, I think they will be a lot more um, successful and lined with the tools to be able to take care of themselves better. And hopefully we can reduce these numbers that we're having in our society. Right. Because they're kind of shockingly rising, it seems like.
1: They are, yes. Yes, it's very concerning. So
0: thank you so much for being here today. I'm so happy to have you here and just tell us your experience and your story. So thank you, Monique.
1: Thank you for having me. I really love this podcast and what you're doing to help teens. I'm I'm so thankful that it's out there in, in the universe.
0: If you are interested in any of my one on one coaching programs for teens and their parents, please visit my website, knowingup.com. That's K N O W I N G U P.com.